Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Welcome to Mom Taraj! Yay! Mom Haraj, she just said. What? Mommy, you are Sebastian, you have to be quiet. I say All right, well, we're starting off this show hot mess. We've got kids that just will cooperate. <laughs> we are gangbusters, guys. We're coming in hot. Yep. Guys, we've got a great show for you today. I know you can't tell from that amazing beginning, but as always, we're bringing you just the best content around. We have an interview with the author of Good Morning Zoom, a very timely kids' book that frankly speaks to our pandemic life right now as all of our kids are just screaming at shit. And we're also going to discuss like, what the hell do we do now that things are opening back up? A lovely New York Times article entitled, Need to Dust Off Your Social Skills. I needed to dust them off even before the pandemic. We'll get into it, but we have talked about this without the New York Times aspect before. Right. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, the tits and the shits. Sick and a shit. <laughs> Thank you. That should be the new opening always. It okay, you go, Ash. Okay, my tits are. Are you guys ready? Drum roll. My kid is going into school four days a week for like a month, month and a half, but I will fucking take it. <laughs> okay, that was really hot. That was really hot. I, I don't care. To take it away from the mic a little bit. I don't care. I don't care. That's how excited I am. I found out, you know, in the state of New Jersey, public schools have not been meeting in person. It's been Zoom. And we found out late last week that, well, we found out, you know, a few weeks ago, and I think I probably said this, that our kids were going to start going to in-person school two days a week. But because less than 10 kids have agreed to do in-person school, (laughs) it's going to be seven kids. He is going in Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wednesday is still Zoom. Hallelujah. I threw my phone down as soon as the teacher said it and started jumping up and down. With your orangutan titties? <laughs> yes, like so excited. And I think he knew how excited I was because today he decided to play a joke that Mr. Beulah always make a joke. He said, Sebastian, you're all, you're going to be on the AB schedule, so you're only coming in on Monday and Tuesday. And I put my face in Zoom and was like, uh, hi, excuse me. I'm sorry, what? I thought they were going in four days a week. And he starts laughing and he's like, no, no, I'm kidding. And I was like, that was a joke for me, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that felt very directed towards me. And I don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. I am just in two weeks, man. In two weeks, I can have something of a normal life, a little bit. And that is the most exciting thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm riding so high from that. I have no shits. This is my. This is going to be my tits for the next, I don't know how long. But it, woo, oh, God, this is just, this is my general mood. So much so, my husband and I were so excited. We did like a 10 a.m. shot when we found out. <laughs> In celebration. Cheers to that. Oh, boy. Cheers to that. Yep. All right. Well, my tits are that Lee and I went over your house for a dinner party. Also with my tits. Also my tits. And it was the most fun. I think it would have been as much fun even if we haven't seen anyone. Yeah. Like, I think if it was normal times, it still would have been that fun. Yeah. But it was sort of like you let the caged lion out 
out. I brought fake tattoos. We were, none of the kids got the fake tattoos. Matt got a chihuahua wearing nerdy glasses tattoo on his neck. Which he now wants permanently on his <laughs> neck, which is terrifying to me. I was just like, who wants a fake kitten holding a rose tattoo? Let's do this shit. <laughs> By the so way, much. I have the rest of them. They're still here. And Sebastian might use them all. You, they're all for you. It's fine. Oh, wow. Thank you. I wanted to bring the flamingo back, but I forgot. It's fine. Oh. Save that one for Luna. That was can, the one Matt literally was going to steal too. He was like, don't tell anyone. He can do it. It's fine. We have a lot of flamingo tattoos. <laughs> That'll be his next neck tat. He should get it on his dick so that when it gets harder, the oh neck my gets God. longer. He has this weird thing for flamingos because he says that I remind him of them. Which I guess is a compliment. So he definitely should get it on his dick. <laughs> no. No. We had a great time. So much fun that I drank so much that I fell asleep while putting the kids to sleep. My shits are that I feel like I can't come up for air this week. I've had like one million doctor's appointments. Lee's working a lot. And I'm trying to like figure out if, if it's safe for me to put my kid in some sort of like babysitter or daycare situation. I really want to try to maybe have her do outdoor soccer. My mom, who I love, Nurse Linda, is just very extra safe. Not that she shouldn't be, but she's like the new variant. It's not even safe outside for your kids. And I'm just like, my kid needs to run around for two hours yeah. with other kids. So anyway, the shits are, I'm still like, what What should I do? I want to put my kid in something. She was supposed to be in twos and threes by now. And I'm just still conflicted because although Lee and I got our vaccinations, Luna doesn't fully understand that the new strain is affecting younger kids. And I'm just like conflicted about what to do you know, in putting her in stuff for her sake and for my sake, like to speak to your tits, like not that soccer, I'd have to be there, but I could use like getting somebody here yep. for just a couple hours on the regular. I'm still just conflicted about what to do. And this all speaks to our second article about what to do when things open up. I'm just like a little bit like, what do I do? What do I do? I did get a citizen alert today on my phone saying that the numbers are starting to go down again. Okay. If that helps you. But shootings are going up. That's a very good point. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Your guess is as good as mine with that, my friend. I just like can't, I'm just behind on everything. Yes. So that even when one thing gets done, I'm just sinking in another. It's like, yes. it's like we've talked about a million times. There is no work-life balance. Nope. Just one thing suffers more, and today it feels like everything is suffering. Yeah. There's actually nothing that's succeeding, except maybe my sleep and my drinking. Yeah, no, m- my drinking's doing great. Doing so great, I felt like shit after our dinner, so. Um, <laughs> drinking's doing fine. Snacking's doing fine. We're doing well there, guys. Yeah, me too. Ordering out via Seamless is doing great. That's doing really, really, really well. Yep, but everything else, big fat fail. Anyway... Oh, mom rage. I really like that as the intro for mom rage. Like, truly. It's going to be live every week. Every week it's going to be live on the cuff. We have a mom rage from Andrea Bokey. I think that's how you say it. I'm sorry, Andrea. If I butchered it, I'm so sorry. The subject says, you guys are the best, slash a little bit of rage. So thank you, and also, we're sorry. That is the best way to start any email, is you guys are the best. We will immediately read it online, just so you know. Oh, okay, thank you so much. The message says, thank you for having this podcast and being so real. I just gave birth to my third son last September. Let me tell you, pregnant before COVID became a thing and had such a hard time, but you ladies have seriously carried me through. Thank you. Thank you, 
Andrea. We're glad to hear you listen. All right, on to the rage. I just wanted to share my rage with you today. Fucking snow in April. I live in Chicago. It was 82 weeks ago. We put away all the snow gear and boots and shovels, and of course, my little animals just want out to play in it. Yeah, okay, let me get you dressed to go out for five minutes. Meanwhile, to get everything out, it will take just 45 minutes. Just fuck April snow. You know what? I hear ya. Fuck April snow, yeah. The snow gear on a child for them to go out and play alone is so tedious. It is like six different layers of shit to protect your kids for them to anyways just get snow up in every orifice they have. Plus, I don't know about you. I mean, I am speaking from a postpartum slash perimenopausal state, but the flop shit sweats I get trying to get the kid dressed, like the anxiety hot flash shits, I'm like dying and need a change before we even go outside to play. Yep, I hear ya. So, Andrea, we feel your rage. Thank you so much for writing in. We're gonna reach out to you and send you a little bit of mom to rage. How we wanna say that? Mom mom to rage (laughs) swag. We love you, and if if you have a mom rage you'd like to share, send us an email at momtragepod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook at momtragepodcast. And it doesn't hurt to start with, you're the best thing that ever happened. Thank you. Pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned because up next we've got Lindsay Reckler, author of Good Morning Zoom. Today's guest is a managing director at a global investment bank, a mom of two, and now an author of two books, including Good Morning Zoom and her newest book, When Will They Leave? Please welcome Lindsay Reckler. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're very excited to talk to you because these books are, I think they're great. They're like so fun and also so timely. I just read it to my daughter while I was trying to get her down for a nap for today's recording. So very meta. Thank you. Thank you for the support. In quarantine, you became an author. First of all, congratulations for doing anything productive during quarantine. Aside from surviving, being a mom and having a job, which is way more than most people can do. That's amazing. The most I accomplished was like I cleaned my baseboards with Q-tips and toothbrushes. So congratulations. <laughs> pretty good. More than I did in a lot of ways. What inspired you to start writing? It's a very good question. So I never imagined becoming an author. I was actually working probably more hours than I've ever put in in my career at the time of quarantine. Here I was in a living room where my kids were attempting to do virtual school. I was sitting with two laptops and a couple of screens trying to get through the day. Each and every day, if I could get by with like limiting it to four lollipops and six hours of screen time, I thought it was a success. I feel you. Yeah. So if you would have said fast forward a few months and you had a book published with Penguin, I would have told you, you must be kidding me. Definitely. It wasn't really in the works. I wrote the book really to explain to the kids in a creative way what the hell was going on. And we were in this period where we're all sitting together. I had a three and a four-year-old at the time. And they started asking me questions such as, you know, where's my teachers? Where are my friends? Why are we sitting here? So I really felt like the easiest way to explain this scary world outside where you hear the fire engines and the hospitals, ambulance, sending ambulances to everyone's apartment and things going around all around you is to just write them a story. So I wrote this story really for my own kids as a way to just within our family explain what was going on. I did it at four o'clock in the morning really had no intention of doing much more with it than having a little family keepsake. I actually said to my husband, maybe we'll make a book and, you know, give it to the kids' school if they ever come back to in-person learning. And then fast forward a few 
weeks and it kind of took off. And now I can add author to my resume of handing out lollipops, uh, screen time and working at an investment bank. So it's been an interesting ride. That's incredible. So follow up, how difficult was the process of actually writing it? You know, you've turned around two books in a year, which is like, I know people who are writers who can't get one book published. So to get two is just like so incredible. How did you do that? Any tips for anybody out there? I have a few good tips. So when I actually first wrote Good Morning Zoom, I shared it with a few coworkers. Or they read it to their own kids. They're like, this is actually pretty cool. You got something here. So I said, maybe I should self-publish it and raise money for COVID relief. So that was kind of step one in my creative process that I figured if I could get the story out there and raise money for some organizations that were helping our essential workers, those on the front lines who were really risking it all while I'm sitting in there and my biggest problem is virtual learning and, you know, working on a computer, I really felt like I wanted to capture what was going on for the folks who were actually risking their lives. So I Googled how to self-publish a book, found this app called Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, and literally read a step-by-step manual of how to put this book with art online. I did that in a few weeks later after a lot of formatting. I taught myself how to format another thing I didn't think I would ever know how to do. The book was online at Amazon and uh, a few blogs picked it up and then Penguin made me an offer to republish it. The whole process of creative writing was one thing, but the steps to publishing was different and I'd be happy to answer any questions. A lot of people have actually reached out to me over the course of the last year and I'm helping some people publish their own books. I am your person for self-publishing now, apparently. We may be reaching out to you. The second book, I wanted to rush it out because it takes, you you would never know prior to going into this field how long it actually takes to make a book. So we usually take six to eight months on a a fast path to hit the market. So on the second book, I self-published it to raise money for um, pet shelters and adoption charities. We have a question about that. You are psychic. So we will ask you that question in a second. My son was actually sent as a gift, Good Morning Zoom. And I read it and I was like, this is so brilliant. And I loved more than anything that it really focused on a family in the New York City area, which is where we are, because I think that the COVID experience for kids here is a lot different than the COVID experience for kids in the suburbs that have backyards and space and all that other stuff. So was that intentional or were you just writing from experience? How did that process of really writing for, you know, city kids happen. Yeah, so when I wrote it, it was about me and my family. And I wrote the story for my kids. So I had to include New York City as a big part of it. And then afterwards, some people actually said to me when I made the new version, do you want to standardize it and make it more suburban? Just so everyone, you know, this is now a national and global book. So everyone understands. And I really felt like New York City, at least in the U.S., was hit hardest first. And this was my personal experience opening up the window and seeing the firefighters, the clapping at at night for when the frontline workers were leaving the hospitals. I mean, these were things that I really experienced. And because I wrote the book for my family initially, and then for COVID relief, I really felt like this New York moment, it just captured a piece of history. And it's something that everyone was eventually able to relate to, because unfortunately, it was one of these ridiculously terrible times that we were all going through the exact same thing together, not just in New York, but globally. So I felt like, yes, it was New York-centric, purposely because that's my life and it was important to tell the story through my own eyes but again I think eventually everyone else related to it whether they saw what was happening in New York or on TV or eventually just 
experience it themselves, unfortunately. I, I'm definitely a New York strong, sticking it out city family. So. Yeah. So you mentioned it before, but net proceeds from the sales of When Will They Leave go to adoption and foster charity. Well, I should say the adoption and foster charity, Muddy Paws Rescue. Um, and proceeds from Good Morning Zoom went to COVID-19 relief charities. This is like a multi-layered question. The first thing is, tell me a little about When Will They Leave and how you chose Muddy Paws Rescue. I'm guessing you have a, a personal connection with them. And then the second one... Just tell me about like this idea of philanthropy in your newfound career as a author. It's a good question. So Money Pause is a very interesting charity. I actually learned a lot about them as I was writing the book because I was doing some research on really where this money could go and be purposeful. And what they actually do is they raise money for the foster families to take in the dogs. So they're not holding the dogs at the shelters, but instead they're placing the dogs from overcrowded shelters into the homes of people who will eventually be able to take care of them. And a lot of people who adopt a dog can't afford the upkeep of keeping the dog. So I felt like it was a really unique place to donate to, especially because the book is focused around this concept of a dog living at home and having a family around them. And Muddy Paws creates that family for families with dogs. So that was really why I chose Muddy Paws. And the concept of philanthropy, I mean, it's always been a passion. I just never really I don't want to say never had the time. I was always into volunteering and, you know, teaching my children that it's important to give back. But to have an opportunity to write something and to hopefully help children understand what's going on in this crazy pandemic world and then also have that silver lining of feeling like we're the fortunate ones in this situation. You know, I work at an investment bank. I'm working hard, but I'm also, you know, when things were terrible in New York, I didn't have to leave my apartment. I was able to safely quarantine at home and so were my children. So to show them, we have a real founded appreciation for those who weren't as fortunate as we were at that time, I thought was really important. And that's why I picked specifically three charities to give the proceeds to for Good Morning Zoom. And that's Strive International, Project Cure and No Kid Hunger. I love that. That's That's really beautiful. So they were all very different because Project Cure was focused on PPE. So it was really the protection of those on the front line. No Kid Hungry was obviously dealing with children whose families weren't able to support them through this time to feed them. I mean, it was really just keeping children fed and safe and then Strive trains individuals who ended up being a lot of our frontline heroes during COVID for jobs in the field. And it was a New York-based charity. So they, they were all, one was people related, one was PPE and the other was, you know, specifically for kids and hunger. So I just thought the combination was a good outlet. My son and my dog are big fans of When Will They Leave. Thank you. Cle- Clementine doesn't want us to leave. That's the dog. But she was a big <laughs> fan. She's like, I wish this kid would stop poking me all day long. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell the people where they can find more information on you, where they can buy the book, all the good stuff so that they can uh, purchase it, read it to their kids? and also help some wonderful charities. That would be awesome. So Good Morning Zoom is pretty much everywhere. You can find it at Target, Barnes and Nobles, paper stores. If you Google it, it should be pretty easy. When Will They Leave is on Amazon exclusively because as I said earlier, it takes a while to publish a book and I wanted to get it out for charity during COVID. So that's on Amazon and you can find me at Lindsay Reckler on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions. I am the self-publishing guru apparently. So if anyone has questions (laughs) on how to publish a book, set up a charity, a foundation, I'm happy to help. Um, it, It was an outlet for me during this period of time and hopefully 
hopefully I'll keep up with the creative writing and continue to give back. I love all of this. Just this idea that you've found a new, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And I've been talking to my students about like trying to find some part of yourself that maybe was dormant from being so busy. And this like lockdown helps find some dormant something. So evidently your dormant thing was you're like a prolific author and you have this amazing philanthropic gene inside of you as well. And it's just really awesome. So thank you so much for doing all of that. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, someone asked me the other day, like, how do you deal with work and virtual learning and always being by a computer? I was like, I think I just found writing. That's my answer. It wasn't wasn't therapy. It was creative writing. So it's been rewarding both ways. It gives you a different relationship with your screen. Exactly. And also, do you have any plans to kind of leave uh, finance behind and just completely switch to writing? Or are you still going to juggle both after this experience? So I think I am going to stick with finance. It has been, I've worked at an investment bank for 15 years. The My mother would agree. <laughs> <laughs> My mother, not because she read your book, just because I'm an artist and she always wanted me to get into finance. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, listen, I think there's a rewarding pieces of both and having that now kind of full of feeling like what I love to do and my passion for writing can be added on top of this day job. But my firm has been extremely supportive of both books and this concept of just kind of following your dreams. And I, I have... I manage a team, a big team of women, primarily at an investment bank, which is rare because obviously it's it's mostly a male-dominated industry, although I think it's becoming more and more, uh, you know, you're able to really have a career as a mother and, you know, join the financial world. So I think this concept of managing a team of women and also them seeing that they could have children and write a book and keep their day job is important for me. So it's given me a lot of, I think, motivation to almost stay longer than maybe I would have. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. This is really a pleasure and we're excited for everyone to learn more about the books. Me too. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Guys, this next article from the New York Times, paper of record, it's called <laughs> Need to Dust Off Your Social Skills? Question mark, And it's by Eleni Kalokorti. I don't know. She's probably Greek. I'm butchering I name. sure do. Elena. Yeah. <laughs> Eleni. We will attach it in the show notes. Listen, I have social anxiety not in a pandemic. And Ashley and I have talked time and time again about how we sort of like this pandemic a little bit. Like, we're very comfortable in many ways staying at home and not having to make excuses excuses why we don't want to see people. Again, to clarify before anyone gets upset with us, we don't like the like people dying part and we have not liked the fear and anxiety, but we have liked the introvertedness of it all. Correct. And so now that Ashley and I are both vaccinated, our partners are vaccinated, a lot of the world is getting vaccinated and things are starting to open up a little as we talked about with Ashley sending her kid to school and all the other kind of stuff. All of us are feeling this multi thing of like optimism plus dread. That's like one of my favorite (laughs) combos. Is it? (laughs) Maybe you have like a generalized ambivalence about how you might want to interact with others. Maybe ambivalence about whether you want to go back into the office. I know a lot of my friends, uh, they're the people in the office are like, we gave up our office space. We learned we don't need it. We're making options for people to do, you know, a rotated work from home schedule. Yeah. Anyway, regardless of your specifics, they say that there will be new forms of social anxiety. Yippee! 
need new forms of social anxiety. Like we needed more. Just new forms of any kind of anxiety are really like, did we need new shit, guys? It's just like, you know, everybody's fear will be different, but there's going to be new kinds of complexities that we never thought about, about doing stuff like sharing a sweaty yoga mat at a yoga studio, which maybe you didn't really like that idea anyway that much no, before. Well, I never it's did. get harder. Never did. As a yoga teacher, I can tell you all the nasty things that go on there. Oh, toe fungus. <laughs> Well, that's specific about yoga. I'm talking about things in general. I know, but I was just thinking about people's like nasty planter warts and shit on a yoga <laughs> mat. And I'm going to put, you want me it's to true. put my face on that shit? No. Ew. Okay, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> All the complexities about kids going to school and the playground, the office. They referenced the Pixar movie Inside Out. Did you see that movie? I did. I took uh, the girl I was babysitting for to see that thinking it would help her with her like anxiety and it made it worse. I was like, this will help you deal with your feelings. She was like, no. So they're deep. Deeming this era as the pandemic of social recession. Hmm. Has a nice ring to it. The new right? era that we're going into or the era we're yes, currently yes. in? Yes, We're like in it going into the next, right? Which Got is it. this idea of the social recession, like re- receded socially. And now we're like having to deal with a social recession. So before COVID, the kind of post-isolation anxiety that we're feeling now mostly happened with civilian world after prison, wartime deployment, humanitarian aid work at remote expeditions. And now they're using the same kind of science to help people integrate. I also want to throw one more thing that I think is in those categories and that is postpartum after your husband or your partner has to go back to work. That is a level of introverted anxiety I have never felt. Just just wanted to throw that little ditty in there. I agree. And so they're saying that, you know, that's like a certain percentage of the population integrating back into people that aren't experiencing that. And now the challenge is that like so many of us are experiencing that all at the same time. Yeah. And it's like people who have those anxiety and fears coming against other people that have those anxiety and fears versus like deployment, you're coming back into a world that wasn't deployed. Right, exactly. So this clinical um, psychologist is literally talking about using the phrase civilian life, that we are going to go back to civilian life and that it can be disorienting, surreal, and difficult and not just for combat veterans. Her work focuses on like trauma, anxiety disorders, and developing coping strategies to deal with like coming back into the world. She talked about uh, a couple of small things you can do. One is give yourself permission to set small achievable goals and accept that other people are going to have different responses than you to the experience. So not everyone is going to react the same way. We've already experienced it a little bit. A friend or a family member might not be on the same page as you and that you might come into a kind of a conflict. Yeah. And I think like for us, like that little foray into a dinner party of vaccinated people was like a good baby step. Like I'm going to a birthday party that's outside with some vaccinated people. It's like baby step and especially baby step with people that you feel comfortable being like, I'm weirded out, I gotta go. Aside from that and seeing Zach, our other friends, Danny and James, who I've mentioned before, Danny is my best friend, James is Matt's best friend. They ended up meeting and getting married and having a kid. They are also fully vaccinated and we have seen them, first time we saw them was uh, James wanted to throw Danny a little surprise dinner and we were the only people invited. It was outdoor dinner. She saw us and we cried. We cried and we hugged and it was just like, oh my God, I have missed. And you know, we don't talk every day. She is still one of my closest girlfriends. We don't talk every day. It's it's not the same relationship you and I have, but I love her so much and it was so, such a relief to see her and to see somebody that I'm comfortable with that I don't have to be 
you know, like, it's not a stranger. It's not someone I have to, like, put my best foot forward. I can just be my messy, stupid fucking self with her. That's how it was with me and Valerie when we went away together. We, like, couldn't stop touching each other. Yeah. It was like we just wanted to spoon yep. because we just, like, missed each other. And yes. She's similar. We don't talk every day, but, you know, I can be whoever I need to be with her. So anyway, they're saying, like, baby step your way in with groups that you feel comfortable with that you can say, like, yo, I'm fucking freaked out. I need to take a moment. Yeah. Like, when my sister and her kids were here, even Luna experienced it a little bit. It was, like, a lot of kids all at once. And although she had a good time, we're so used to being kind of quiet and isolated that it was, like, too much for her. Yeah. She felt safe because she's a kid to be like, mommy, I need a quiet moment, you know? Except I'm sure she didn't say it like that, right? No, she said, mommy, I'm I'm freaking out, is what she said. Wow. <laughs> that, I mean, I feel like yeah. that's very advanced alone. Well, I've taught her. Remember, I taught her cool, cool, cool when yeah. she feels awkward. So yeah. I've taught her these just because I wished I had known them when I was a kid. Yeah. So that's one thing is like baby step. Except that other people are not going to feel the same things in the same circumstances. So tread lightly. Right. Except that certain activities may feel tough for a while, like driving an hour to a meeting, going into work, getting on a plane, attending post-pandemic postponed weddings. Yeah, public transportation. Yeah. And that, you know, it might prompt you to ask questions like to your family or your or your boss, like, is this actually worth it? Now that I know what's worth it and not worth it, is it worth it for me to go into work? Is it worth it for me to take that red eye? Right. Do I even want to go back to my old life? So one of the things is this might have put things into perspective for you where you find out that you're not super into a one hour commute to get into the city and maybe that's not worth it for you. I mean, even just in terms of relationships, like before, you know, you would feel this pressure to see certain people and now it's like, no, like there's a lot. Of, I'm okay. Like you're somebody who has, I feel like a, a thousand friends and I am not. I have my close friends and then I have like acquaintances, people I'm friendly with. I no longer want to make seeing those people a priority in any way. Like for me, my big fear, the the idea of networking shit going out to an event for drinks and stuff and seeing people sounds like the fucking worst I am not excited about going back to that well this is one of the things that I like about having a partner in a business is because I never want to do those things alone but I would have a great time doing them with you because we could just make fun of shit right. the whole entire time of course but, but yes you know there's going to be scenarios where it's like other random shit or like we can't both be there or whatever it is and those are the right. things I'm not excited about so another really important thing and I really love this so I'm going to read this quote in its entirety because I just think it's really beautiful. She said, recovering doesn't mean you go back to the way you were before. And she uses um, this term kintsugi, which is the Japanese tradition of repairing broken pottery with gold. Oh yeah, I've seen as that. As an analogy, yeah, for coming out of hard times with awareness of change stronger than before. It's oh, like I you create that. a new normal. Yeah, one that's functional and beautiful, but different. It's like you're almost more valuable broken than you were together. Oh, I so love that. So I really that. love that. Yeah. So she said that we might need to re-educate ourselves. Like, how do you hug again? Again, or like your timing is going to be off for a hug or a high five and there's going to be like all this weird mine is anyway I'm always like hi just kidding you know like one of those people I posted a meme on my Instagram stories that here's the meme or the tweet it says once people get vaccinated and we start mingling again don't ask me how are you or what's new we're only doing deep and weird conversation starters from now on hi you look great drinks are on the patio what's holding you back from being the person you want to be <laughs> Oh my God, I feel that. That's how I feel. And so many people, hit, you know, did the quick reaction to it. Yeah. I think we all pretty much collectively feel that. Yeah. So similar, she said, you know, rather than being overwhelmed of doing everything at once, just work on one little thing, like going to a party where you have to adjust to greeting people or like eating while talking. <laughs> 
She's like, this moment can be an opportunity to just like relearn stupid habits that you maybe were just doing poorly before. So anyway, here we go. Eight exercise to strengthen your social muscles. Share food with someone. Eating a meal together boosts mood and is a potent antidote for loneliness. Try to meet up with someone, whether it's outside or someone in your social circle. Tell someone a joke in person. (laughs) That sounds terrifying to me. Yeah, like, okay. (laughs) And she says, if a joke falls flat, deal with it. That's what she says. Ask someone in person what uh, what they're listening to or reading right now, because it can build community. Reach out to someone you've lost touch with. Real Housewives of New York from the beginning a zillion and one times. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> <laughs> and you? Oh, I'm reaching, reading War and Peace. Cool, cool, great, cool. Great, great, great. I just learned we're, we can't be friends. Exactly. That was real quick and, and we're done. Uh, reach out to someone you've lost touch with. Strike up a conversation with a stranger. Pick someone who you obviously have passing contact with, like a fellow dog walker or the cashier at your grocery store, so it seems less scary. Move with someone. Dance, walk, run, swim, bike. Do a physical activity with someone else. Even do the laundry together. Sit quietly with someone. This is a hard one. Remember how to sit and comfortably be with someone without talking. I don't think I could ever do that. That's like a life skill, like even not in a pandemic. Like maybe work up to that. That should be like of the 12 steps. That should be the 12th, I think. Yeah. Make a date for the future. Think of something fun you want to do with someone you love and then work up to that being your big social thing to look forward to. Okay. Well, my answer was going to be nothing. (laughs) There's nothing I really want to do that I except sleep. In quiet without my child. This isn't something like that I'm yearning to do, but Lee and I made the decision to drive to Cleveland to see his parents because it's been a while. They had COVID and they've had declining health. Uh, yeah, they're not doing so well. And so they're vaccinated. We're vaccinated. I'm not getting on a plane, but we're going to drive. And then Lee's sister and her new girlfriend, like we were very close to her and we would see her multiple, multiple times a year. And we haven't seen her in like two years and they're vaccinated. So they're, they're going to come and we're going to stay in. Airbnb. Nice. Although, like, hanging out with your in-laws for Mother's Day isn't, like, (laughs) well, especially because you guys know there will be lots of tits and shits that weekend. I'm going to have to spread that shit out. Maybe there'll be caviar for my two-year-old. Just bring some home for me. Perfect, because I don't need it. But then on the way home, we have to pass by my friend Jill's house in Pittsburgh. So we're going to, like, stop there and have, like, a dinner there because they're also vaccinated. So I'm, like, we're, like, trying to think of things to look forward to. So things like that. I guess we have have two like Matt and I really just want a weekend away just the two of us we have not had a full weekend just the two of us and it's not like somewhere within driving distance maybe like a new hope or something like that and then the other thing is the first plane trip we really want to do is we have been wanting to go to New Orleans for years and we have never been. I want to eat the food. I want to party. Honestly, that amount of socialization with the strangers of the world will require a little more confidence in people being vaccinated and uh, stuff like that. Can I give you a visitor's guide? Because I have some great food and drinking recommendations. Listen, that's going to be like a trip where we just get a bunch of people together. So I've been there multiple multiple times and done retreats there and I like everybody has been there multiple times but us <laughs> I'm just saying my friends are from there a couple friends and so I know like the deep dive restaurants okay I'm well, not trying to brag but I know a lot of people you're not and I'm very popular you're not but yes I would love your recommendations that's probably not going to happen for another year I would say but maybe by the hopefully fall hopefully I'm still your friend by then let's hope if not this podcast will be over so <laughs> you guys will know first yeah. <laughs> All right, should we move on to hashtag swag bag? Let's do it. Hashtag swag bag. 
you know I've been working on this walk-in closet slash office slash dressing room. It's still not done. I'm still working on it. I finally got the drawer front, so it's a whole other thing. But I bought these beautiful, lush, velvet curtains and they are like an orangey rust color and I am just so obsessed with them. Again, you can look at Jenna Lyons's shoe closet as reference for what I'm trying to do here, but they were like $50 on Amazon to, to find two panel curtains in velvet for 50 boxes as long like a hundred and something inches is pretty hard to do but I am obsessed with these curtains and uh, we'll do a little TikTok showing you them and the good news is if the holocaust happens you can make some dresses from them oh Oh my god I'm gonna be gone high on a hill was a lonely goat her lay 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 is that like a sound of music reference yes they made (laughs) curtains they made dresses out of curtains as the Nazis were crossing into Austria well here Here's a fun fact. I hate the sound of music. <laughs> I hate it. I've seen it. I've just like never been into it. It's that and Fiddler on the Roof. Hate Fiddler. Hate Fiddler. I was in both those plays, so I don't like them, but I had to watch I had to watch. Yeah. Them. Anyway, I was Brigitte and then I was Hava in uh Fiddler on the Roof. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so my <laughs> hashtag swag bag is liquid IV hydration multipliers. Have you heard about this? It's from a brand called Liquid IV, and they're called hydration multipliers. It basically makes water into like a Gatorade. Oh. They're these like sticks that you put in your water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I've seen them. They kind of look like, the packaging is kind of similar to like the collagen, the vital proteins collagen. Yeah. Listen, pro tip. People 35 and over that are struggling with alcohol consumption hangovers, (laughs) get yourself liquid IV hydration multiplier. Drink it to pre-party, drink it during, and def drink it the next day. Oh. extremely helped. I haven't had hangovers since I started doing oh this. Oh my God, that's such a good tip because I almost went to the bodega yesterday and bought Rapidada, which is like <laughs> a Dominican hangover cure. That's how desperate I it, They put it right up next to uh, Max Load, the pills you take when yes. you just want to <laughs> jizz immensely, which I'll never understand, <laughs> but... Um. <laughs> that's our third hashtag swag bag, those pills for jizzing immensely. <laughs> Max Load. <laughs> <laughs> to get ready for your big porn shoot. Matt and I have had so many long conversations where we're trying to figure out why somebody would want to jizz so much that they need to take. It's just got to be porn. Like women are like, oh man, all that jizz. Are oh, that many think. people doing porn that your local bodega needs to carry max load? It should just be called max jizz. <laughs> I mean, the name says it all. Anyway, MaxLoad, available on Amazon, I'm sure. <laughs> Do the right thing, MaxLoad. Reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Lou just said, MaxLoad. Oh um, okay, so this liquid IV comes, I like the lemon lime. The other flavors, I don't know. If you're into fruity things, it's fine. Anyway, I've started using this. They're very also popular, like hot yoga studios or like Peloton riders. But honestly, let's just be real. It's for helping the hangover. It's really, it's so good. It tastes good. I just put it in like a gigantic bottle of water. It also flavors your water. It's just, it's a more healthy way of the Gatorade experience. And I have to say, like, my hangovers haven't been an issue.
issue. I still get the poop shits, which I don't mind. Oh, I love from that. drinking too much alcohol. That's the best part. But the head- headache, that stuff, this stuff is really get it. I've used it as a mixer. Does it actually taste good though? Yeah, it tastes like lemon lime Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, it tastes. In my opinion, it tastes better than lemon lime. Okay, Gatorade. and I have used it as a cocktail mixer. Multifunctional. Kill two birds with one That's stone. That's like really. me with my kombucha spicy margarita mix that I love. Yeah, but anyway, it's really helpful. I, I highly recommend. All right, guys, what another. Fun episode. And educational. We learned about Lindsay Reckler. We've learned about Max Load. We've learned about <laughs> how to multitask hangover cures as a mixer. What are you what are you missing out from us? Nothing. And we learned how to maybe socialize. I don't know, guys. We are one-stop shops right here. <laughs> oh, well, have a good week, mamas. We'll see you next week. And check out our tickety talkity for uh just fabulous content. Just weird, just us at our weirdest. Plus hashtag swag bag content where we just do weird TikToks with the things we're pushing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.